What's up, nomads? Welcome to your new favorite travel podcast, Two Beers Tell Takeoff, the podcast that delivers expert knowledge, the information you won't get in your guidebooks, and a story that's guaranteed to make you say, what the fuck, or your money back. B, you know our episodes are free, right? Hello and welcome to Happy Hour. My guest today is an editor, musician, stand-up comedian, and all-around great guy. In this episode, you can expect to learn about Ireland, how to celebrate St. Patrick's Day in Ireland, like a local, and we finish the episode with the top five best stand-up comedians. Welcome to the show, Irish Dave. Slanja, buddy. Slanja. Cheers. Slanja. Is that how you say how it? You? Mm, slanja. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, I, I thought I remembered how to say it properly. As, lo- as long as it's not slanty. Yeah, no, no. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm just getting ready for this big trip to Peru. It's, uh, oh. it's intense, dude. When do you go? I'm going not. So uh, the September 23rd is when I'm going. And we're starting off okay. with the jungle. You have to get shots and stuff like that for that? Or? Yeah, I got shots. I got like malaria pills, altitude sickness pills. It's uh, mm. it's it's not going, you know, like a, a, a weekend to Prague or something like that. That'd be nice at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it this sounds is a little like, bit more intense. All right. How, how long are you going for? I'm going for like almost three weeks. And yeah, I guess. Sid's, How long Sid's is that going to be with get me? There? Because I, I suppose if you're going, oh, Sid's going. Okay, so there will be some debauchery then, from what I understand. Yeah, it takes I think about like eight hours from from Canada. That's not crazy. Okay, that's not crazy. Like, I, it, yeah, but still, you'd want a few weeks if you're going for that long. You wouldn't. Yeah, like you say, you're not going to go. I'll just pop over to Peru for a weekend and <laughs> uh, yeah, see the sights. No. No, it's it's a, it's a bit too far. But yeah, it's it's what's fucked about it, man, is you have to if you know when you're doing stuff like mountain stuff and you know outdoorsy stuff when you're traveling, it's not like just going to a city. I guess mm. I've not done that as much in, on the international front. You know, when you're doing outdoor stuff, you have to prepare for all the fucking temperatures, right? Rain pants, mm. you know, cuz it's so many different climates. The jungle is going to be plus 35. The mountains are going to be fucking, you know, zero. So yeah. it's like, dude, it's you, you got to prepare for like, I, I got to bring so much damn clothes. Like it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, what's going on with you? Well, that's going to, oh, not much. I'm just, um, you know, busy editing as, as, uh, as it were. I mean, I literally just t- finished doing something for, for you today. So <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't say Very that in the intro. It's, it's Irish Dave, the, the producer editor of, of two beers still take off that's why you you guys this is why the the production value's gone up the the sounds great the video is awesome on youtube is because of irish dave yeah well i mean i'm just i was waiting for some comments like what what are you talking about what quality <laughs> so uh, yeah yeah but uh, let's hope people are people are nice people are generous but uh yeah no not too much like it's um went to krakow a few weeks ago uh, nice. I'm be going to Barcelona later in the year. I live in, that's the only thing, I, I don't live in Ireland, I live in Scotland, so. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm flying back for Scottish a, an Irish wedding. Yeah, well, uh, I don't think I would pass for Scottish by any means. Maybe to like a tourist, David, like, ah, you all sound the same. But other than that, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't pass for one. But uh, yeah, we're heading back for a 
big Irish wedding in October. So a little small travels, like they're not, they're not, nothing's going to be eight hours, but uh, little bits and pieces around, around but Europe. That's the fun part about Europe though, right? You can just travel an hour, two hours, 100%. and then you're in a completely yeah. different area. That's it. Like that's one of the, that's one of the things like I imagine, say if you're in America, because you know, they say Americans are less likely to travel outside of America. And you can kind of understand that because like, you know, it's fucking far. The journey times are someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the cultural differences between living in, I don't know, Texas versus New York versus uh, somewhere in the Midwest. Like they're pretty, you know, they're pretty big differences. So you get a little bit of that. But yeah, with with Europe, I can feel, yeah, I can feel like a foreigner on after being on a flight for like 40 minutes and being a place where I don't understand what people are saying, don't understand. Uh, I suppose the currency. money's not as big a deal now with the euro, but, you know, Everything like that, you can get that uh, by not going that far, which is nice. But I mean, even like Poland, right? Different different currency. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I didn't know that. I went on like a backpacking thing when I was like 24. I went with my cousin. My cousin was going to go on his own. And I was like, you'll die. So I'm going to come with you. And um, <laughs> I mean, there's... Mm, if you met him, you'd be like, ah, I see what you mean. But I went with him and we were like, oh, well, at least it's it's just Europe. So at least it's Euro everywhere. So it's fine. And it's like our first place we went to was Poland. We're like, oh, oh you <laughs> they don't have that. Okay. Right. We need to figure this out real quick. We're like, okay, well, at least it was probably only Poland. And then, of course, because we were in our 20s, we didn't bother checking anything else. And then the next place we went to was uh, the Czech Republic. And we're like, the same thing. Like, we get to the airport, like, oh, fuck, they have their own money too. Damn. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, not a great start. But then after that, it was it was smooth sailing. So Nice. So, so Dave, I, listen, I, I got to know, how did you get into editing? How did you get, how did you, how did this all begin? Well, I think it all, I, I play music. So what happened was when I was like 13, 14, in around there, someone had to be responsible for recording stuff if we wanted anything recorded, even if it was just like crappy recordings. So I took on that responsibility and I had to learn how to use the little digital thing that we had back in like what would it have been like the noughties i guess you say the 2000s like 2005 <laughs> yeah. 2006 and this weird digital thing and i figured it out and setting up mics and that's kind of how it all started and then i went on to do it in college and university and then uh I got into radio just covering people because they were people needed some student to come in and take their shifts for very little money. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. I took time off my <laughs> other job, holidays to go and do their job, which is now I think of it as like, God, you're pathetic. Uh, but, but it worked it's, it's out. It's what you love to do, though. Yeah, yeah, to a degree. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, it is. But you, you got to do those things when you're starting out and you're a, a young, young fella trying to break into something new. And um, yeah, so I knew some other people working in radio and they were like, hey, could you cover me to do this? Could you cover me when I'm here? And blah, blah, blah. And, and slowly that turned into someone was leaving a position and I was like, here's my CV. And uh, so that's when I got my first job in radio and then it all just kind of cascaded from there. People would, people would just email you about stuff they needed you to do that had nothing to do with radio. And then it didn't dawn on me for like a good year that I'm allowed to charge them for that. Uh, so I started doing that. <laughs> and then, uh, then I got on, you know, all the freelancing websites and whatnot. And it just snowballed and snowballed to the point now I'm completely just freelancing and working for myself, which is, not as glamorous as it seems, I'll I'll tell you that much. But it is nice not having a, a boss as such. Except for you, you're my boss. You know, you can give out to me and things like that. I'm not I'm not your boss, buddy. We're we're partners on this. 
partners. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll remember that. Yeah. If I ever fuck anything <laughs> with Loyalty, I'll be like, partner. <laughs> how do you put it? Sorry, the partner. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so Dave so, what, so I guess when you're on radio were you like the behind the scenes person or were you like actually on the air well so I yeah it was behind the scenes it was all production so it was like mostly commercial production which is making ads and stuff like that which is always funny because like my my dad uh, he we'd be he'd be driving around he works uh, he was a mechanic and like he'd be out on the road a lot and occasionally he'd just be telling me he's like oh I was listening to the radio there was this ad and it was doing my head in. I'm like, ha, I made that. Uh, just some really annoying. <laughs> I mean, that was uh, your son, dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But um, then it, what happened was slowly but surely you'd need like a line, like, you know, like someone saying, huh? Or something like that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I could either go into a booth and hit record and go, huh? Or I could pay someone like an exorbitant amount of money to do it. So I was like, forget that. Fuck I'm it. just going to go in here and do it. And that would turn into a sentence and then it'd be two sentences. And the next thing you know, I'd be voicing ads just because it was easier uh, the odd time. And then people had asked me to do them. So I got into doing some voiceover. So in a way, I was on the radio, but never live. Never. I've never been on the radio live in my life. And, and do you have, I guess, a radio voice? Do you, is there something that clicks when record comes on and you're like, hello, everybody, I'm Irish Dave. Oh, I have a very, like, um, neutral accent I do for a lot of voiceover. Well, it's neutral to me. You could still tell I'm Irish, but you wouldn't be like, I have to, there's certain words. So for an instance, Irish people don't really pronounce TH sounds. So my partner makes fun of me, my girlfriend makes fun of me all the time for this. Like, so like, for instance, uh, you know, you know, um, I don't know if you call them this, but would you, you know what a thumbtack is? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't call it that. I call it a thumbtack. A thumbtack. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. The, it's like you. <laughs> See, you're doing it right away. <laughs> it's because French people don't pronounce th well either. Right. Like, I've okay. learned to say it, but like, for example, if I think of my dad, he'd be like, "The other day." <laughs> so, like, for instance, if I was to get you to say, oh, "I wish I could type it," so I don't have to say it, but it's basically I've taught myself to say it when I'm recording. But say what they get Irish people to say a lot because they think it's funny is uh, thirty. 33 and a third because I would say naturally I would say 33 and a third (laughs) (laughs) I'd say 33 and a third but I can say 33 and a third (laughs) (laughs) well there you go so that's that's a big one for like so I have to really but you know what in Irish radio it's not as big a problem but for international stuff I have to be real careful and it's one of those things of you don't even know about it till you start going to other English speaking countries and then they're like ha 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 and I'm like you're Scottish you guys like it's not like you, you have your courts too English either yeah yeah so they're well they're they're well to me they're worse to, to me they're worse to them I'm probably worse than them but anyway still they you gotta speak be, a lot you, of you gotta be careful too. buddy you live there man you can't see you can't see that Ah, hey, you can say anything. Eighty percent of our listeners are actually from Scotland. It's crazy. It's just just Scotland. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, don't know if I believe you. <laughs> no, no, but no, Dave. You, listen, you're you're you know you do you do editing. You're you're a very artistic guy. So like, I, I, I'm fascinated with like stand up comedy, which you know we'll be talking about our top five best stand up comedy at the end of the episode. How did you get into that? Um, I guess right actually. I always want, I wanted to do it maybe from the time I was like 18, 19, in around then I was like, oh, I really want to try this out. That's why I didn't do it until I was like 25 or 26. <laughs> but the reason <laughs> for that is <laughs> it's daunting, man. It's not just it's daunting, but 
I played music, so I kind of had a creative outlet there. And then when you kind of hit your kind of 23, 24, people start kind of just like, oh, I'm so sick of playing in a band and playing gigs for like five people on the weekend. And, and you know, just, yeah. you know, and then you have a, people have people actually start having relationships and things like that. And it's like, that's complicated. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do this as much. So it became a thing of like, well, I always want to try this. And also I'm not expecting other people. I don't need other people for this. I can just go try it. And I'd always wanted to do it. So I signed up for an open mic in Dublin. Uh, in the Haypenny Inn. Uh, it's like the place everyone goes to do their first stand-up set. <laughs> so, um... We the, have to keep that in. That, that was the beer, man. I, I'll cut that part out. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I, I signed up for there. I went in, did my first set. First set went surprisingly well. The only thing is they kind really? of want you to show up early and they want you to bring people to watch all the other acts, especially if you're new, because they're thinking you're probably going to be crap. So if you bring a few people with you, all the other acts will have an audience and then they'll put on all the open micers at like uh, later on. So they said, oh yeah, come around nine. And then they don't put you on until midnight. I started drinking at like seven because I thought, oh, well, fuck. I'm going to be on around nine. I, I'll have a couple of drinks, get a little buzzed. You know, everyone really does Shit. that their first time they're doing stand up. They kind of ease themselves into it with a couple of drinks. Um, insert first time sex joke here. That's what. I'll do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I went in. I did that, and then I didn't do it again for a while. It went. It went okay, but it was so stressful. Like I remember that whole week waking up every morning, like, oh god, oh why did I do this? And then um, I did it again in that place for a second time, and I died so horribly. Uh, the bomb of all it bombs. Was so. It was one of the worst. I, I think it's probably. See, maybe it wasn't as bad as I remember. No, it was pretty bad. Uh, but <laughs> people were throwing it, it was vegetables, probably... <laughs> and pitchforks, and, and like you know, chasing me down the street, uh, which is normal for Ireland apparently. But no, it was a case of. It was like I remember the second time I had this joke. I think at first they were kind of not laughing too much. But they were kind of with me to the point where I was like, okay, keep going. You'll get them. They'll be on your side. And it was a room mostly of American tourists because it was mm. a weekday in the city center of Dublin. I think it was during the summer. And I told this joke that went into, I can't remember the joke, but I remember me alluding to uh, like a school shooter. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and I, I don't think it was that long since a school shooting had happened. I mean, when is it? But at this time, um, yeah, and I and I acted it out like with pretend I had a gun <laughs> for whatever it was. It was an example of like me looking a certain way, like me looking deranged and something like that. And after that, I lost them. But then I, I found another few open mics I could go to like every week. And that's when I really started getting into it. And uh, yeah, I, I then I started to love it because you just start learning and you start figuring it out and you find out what works, what doesn't. You find out when you're, how to, when you're bombing, how to deal with it. And that's how you kind of, that's how you start to love it because you just do an open mic and then don't do any comedy and then wait six months and do another one. You'll never get that flow and you'll never feel comfortable with it and you'll never actually start enjoying it. If you do it once, even just once a week, even twice a month, and you'll start to get used to it, you'll flow with it and you'll actually start to look forward to it and like want to go do it instead of, you know, dreading going, it. why did I sign up? Yeah, like just like wanting to get hit by a car on the way to the, the comedy club and just like, oh, guess I can't go. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a good thing. It was just... 
I guess it's pretty much just I liked a lot of comedians growing up, and that's what made me want to to give it a shot. Did you get a chance to play at any you know big festival or or you know local festivals, anything like that? That was uh... um I did like the Fringe Festival in Edinburgh a few times. Oh nice! I never had like a show at it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a great festival. I never had a show at it. I just did spots at it. So like that's like you show up and do five or ten minutes. It's uh, someone else is running the show. It's either someone's actual show that they want a few comedians to open, or it's just like a what's it called a like a showcase of different comedians. So I did one this year and the year before called um, the Full Irish. Uh, there you go. It was actually it was all Irish comedians. Uh, it really wasn't. It was like the, the rules was. You, ha- you can only come on if you're Irish, if you've been to Ireland. Or you're drinking you Irish whiskey. Irish. Yeah, it was like <laughs> anything. You could just get up and, and do it. So, it, it, you know, they tried to get Irish comedians for it, but they, they pretty much let anyone up to do it. Um, so I've done that. That's the only festival I've done. And other than that, like I've done a few kind of cool shows. Um, there was a show. It was all based around uh, making fun of films and i did a spot at that and then they had guests and stuff so that was really fun but yeah that's the only festival i've done i've i um i'd say i think festivals would be harder because a festival crowd's a little bit more i don't know animated by that i mean drunk so yeah yeah usually right Mm. yeah so so david listen uh since we have uh an irish guy right we have irish dave on the podcast we have a local from ireland I want to know, like, I think everybody is pretty familiar with the major tours, touristic uh, spots in, in Ireland. You know, you have like Dublin, like Temple Bar, you know, you have like the Cliffs of Moher. But as a local, where do you guys go? What what, may, what are maybe some, some places that not many people know of, kind of the hidden gems of Ireland? Okay, so like my go-to place, <clears throat> a lot of people, especially when they go to Dublin, they're looking for like Irish bars. I mean, they're all Irish bars, technically, if they're in Ireland, I suppose, but they're looking for <laughs> culturally Irish bars, you know? They're looking for yeah. like, they want like a shillelagh and a bowron and someone playing a fiddle, that type of thing. But yeah. what you should try and check out as well is there's a rock bar where I've had like my 21st birthday in there. Uh, I've played it loads of times. It's called Fibber McGee's or just Fibbers is what the locals call it. It's <clears throat> it's not quite off the beaten track, but it's on Parnell Street and it's like up the top of like the main street off of it. And it's like it's uh, filthy. Uh, it's not as filthy as it used to be. Like since I've been there, I have on two occasions walked into the toilet and someone has shit just on the ground in the toilet. Um, but back in the you really day, know how to they sell used to a bar. have doors. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you'll best love place this. to think, yeah. best thing to do in Ireland. There's, so there's place. There's maybe a bit of a bit of shit on the ground, but it's okay. Listen. Do you like shit? I got the perfect place for you. Uh, <laughs> no, like I'm saying, it's like <laughs> it's definitely a dive bar, okay? But it's yeah. it's just really cool. It's like it's a rock bar, but everyone goes there, so it's like there's rockers and then so the locals like would go. heads and you've got like loads yeah and like you've got lots of like foreign nationals there lots of like lgbtq people in there and it's just like everyone kind of mixes in there so it's like a real nice vibe and it's really relaxed and uh, you go out into the smoking area at the back and you'll know what i mean by how relaxed it is um yeah, yeah. because there's certain laws that are relaxed out the back uh but it's like it's just a really fun place to go you'll have a great time check it out a a good thing to do there if you're like 
not one to just take a risk on some like random heavy metal band or like some death metal band that are from Dublin. You look it up and see there's always like a, a decent like tribute act, and they're not like dressing up like the band. But if you want to just go and hear like all the songs you like from a band, you can nearly always find it there. And then they have like rock discos in the basement, so yeah, it's it's great. Like it's just my f- yeah, it's my favorite. They were they were thinking about closing it a while ago, and like there was a petition, and like there's just no way if they try to close it, I'll have to go back to Ireland and chain myself to it so yeah it's a great <laughs> spot so that's a good bar another good spot to hit up is um it's like my, my girlfriend's favorite place to go when we're over there uh token so it's uh, they have these everywhere i just think that one's particularly good because i've been to this type of bar a few times and they just do it really well there it's like a an arcade bar so they have all the retro arcade games you know pac-man nice. Uh, Street Fighter, all of that, like just hundreds of them. But they also do, I don't know how these two things are possible. Great bar, all those games everywhere and do unbelievably good food. Like the food, like it's bar food, don't get me wrong, but it's not like, <laughs> you're not going to get Trash. sort of like, um, yeah, I mean, it's like burgers and stuff like that, but it's still really, really good. Like, um, and then downstairs, they just have pinball machines everywhere. Uh, you go in, you pay for like a bag of tokens, <laughs> and um, yeah, you get you pay for them, and you just use them on all the machines for the night. Uh, unless it's like, uh, what is it? What's the one with the? You actually have the guns. There's a blue one and a red one. Time trial or time something. Uh, yeah, that yeah, one's yeah. always got a queue, so you can never get up on that. But uh, everything else, you can you can manage to get on, and it's it's brilliant. I don't think we would have I, I ever remember left that, that unless I made her. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can like press the thing to like duck. Mm, yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah and you you have like a pedal time crisis like, yeah time crisis that's it yes that is it you can never get on that plus it's like four tokens which is just bullshit man but um, well, they know yeah, they, they know you'll uh, pay it yeah that's why there's a huge queue at it everyone loves it but that's a good one i uh i highly recommend those two places to go to just for a fun night out and then other than that like i um i guess I guess, yeah, I was going to say try and get off the beaten track a little bit, but depending where you are, that might not be safe. Certainly one of the things I'll always tell people, and everyone will tell you this, is if like you're flying into Dublin, make an effort to get outside of Dublin because some people go to Ireland and that's they just stay in Dublin. And don't get me wrong, I love Dublin. It's where I grew up. Um, but Galway's great for a night out. It's like a, it's a city, but it's tiny. It's right on the bay. Like you'll literally be walking down a street, turn the corner and you're like, oh, I can't walk any further down this corner because the sea is there. And it, it's just literally <laughs> flat with the road. It's really cool. Great to go there for a night out. And uh, same for Cork and Belfast. And you can get to those in a few hours from anywhere, like on a bus or a train. So I would say try and get out. And then also see a bit of nature. There's Glendalock, which is in Wicklow, which is just below Dublin. And it's where a lot of, I believe, Vikings was shot. You know, the TV show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and even Braveheart, I think a lot of that was shot there. It just yeah. looks amazing. You should try and get out there. Um, that's always a good place to like, go for a hike or whatever. If you if your liver is uh, suitably pickled. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Belfast, and I guess we should transition to uh, St. Patrick's Day because mm. that's where I so I actually flew to uh, Ireland, and it was my first spot in in, in Europe. In, back in 2012 mm-hmm. on my first uh, backpacking trip and I was like fuck it I want to do St. Patrick's Day in Ireland and mm. realized that I hadn't booked long in advance enough to participate in St. Patrick's Day in Dublin so we then had to go to we thought that you know next best city has to be Belfast that was probably not a good idea <laughs> 
Because we didn't yeah. know that, you know, it's it's part of the UK and yeah. there's the opposition that doesn't really like Irish, you know, yeah. the, mm. the Irish colors. <laughs> it's a little bit sad. But what happened then? Wait, so did you go out in Belfast? Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know, what were you dressed so, like? Uh, so I had a Guinness shirt, which was white and green <laughs> and had Guinness tattoos of shamrocks on my neck and on my face. Mm-hmm. And it was me, nice. my buddy from Canada, Social. and a bunch of French guys. And then we've had people come up to us and be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Do you want to get killed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we found a bar that, like, there was, you know, people celebrating. But it was, yeah, it was definitely sketchy. But they do have a parade. So, there, you know, it does, it does happen there. Mm. I just mm, have heard yeah. that Dublin's a lot better than, uh, than in Belfast. Like, I remember one time we we were walking back to, or after the after the big party you know we've been drinking all day we w- we're walking to our hostel and there's a guy who stops us and he's like dude where are you going like what are you doing <laughs> and he's like whatever you do like don't go down this road we're like okay we're, we're going to the left so like it's cool like we're we're not going that way but he's like like that's not a good idea to go down that way but a little bit further while we're, we're walking, we get to this empty parking lot and there's a guy on like an electric scooter and he's the guy's on the ground. Like his electric scooter's there. He's on the ground. And we're like, oh shit, like this guy's like in distress or whatever. So anyways, we run over to him. We like try to wake him up. He doesn't wake up. We like throw him on his scooter. Guy wakes up. He just like looks surprised, sees us and then yeah. just doesn't say a word and just drives away. <laughs> <laughs> it was so random. Safe. <laughs> But the guy, the guy was just like pickled, like he smelled like booze and was just rocking on his electric scooter. But that's the thing. A lot of people, like, I guess, unless you're a certain age going into a city for St. Patrick's, like certainly going into Dublin for St. Patrick's Day, you want to like, you want to be ready for that because it's going to be intense uh, once it gets to a certain hour. Like we used to go in when we were kids all the time, but we go for the parade and once the parade was over, we got the hell out of Dodge because it it gets a bit wild. And as well as that, like I used to always drink the night before St. Patrick's Day. So I'd be hung over and have no desire to go out because I just know the things that could happen of many a time what had to walk through Dublin like kind of in the around seven or eight when things are getting real sketchy uh for St. Patrick's yeah, yeah, Day yeah. I mean if you're in, if you're in the middle of it and you're drunk as well it's kind of fine because you kind of just become part of the mob but uh yeah it, it I think if you've been out in Dublin plenty and then you're used to kind of doing certain things and then you can't really do any of that because it's St. Patrick's Day that's why probably a lot of Irish people uh, avoid going into Dublin city center for St. Patrick's Day because it's just right. it's just wild like but um yeah I would I, at the same time one year I decided uh, I was going in and I didn't care and my friend was actually playing a gig but they had their own venue completely booked out for it it was only a coffee shop, so it wasn't a big gig or anything like that. I was like, I'm going in. I'm going into like the belly of the beast, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna live it up. And I went in, and it was, oh, it was one of the best, one of the best like days slash nights ever. We went in, and it was snowing, which was really weird that year. I remember it was maybe only a two or three years before. Oh shit! In March, uh, yeah, well, it doesn't usually, yeah, it doesn't usually snow in March in Ireland, but it was proper like you know, good foot of snow on the ground. I remember, and um. I had like a hostel in Dublin and we went in and just because it it was BYOB. So it was literally like other than the equipment and the people, you couldn't move for all of the drink people had brought. And then we were just hanging out like no one else. I I knew a few people at it, but say any of my friends uh, who was like, come on, we're going to go in for this. They're like, nah, you're all right. Like, I I don't want to die. So we went in, we did that, um, (laughs) went to this gig. 
we were out till God knows what hour. And then uh, I woke up the next day and a few of my friends were like, hey, we're go- because it's St. Patrick's Day is over. We're going to go to this, like, this was like a, it was a whiskey and it was a spirit tasting festival in this venue in Dublin. And I was that like, no dangerous. way, man. I, I, yeah, yeah. I was like, no way, man. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm, I'm the dying water of life. <laughs> yeah. So, but then I got some breakfast. I said, I'll think about it. I said, I need a little bit of sleep. So I went to the cinema and went to a movie that I had no interest in seeing. Slept for a couple of hours. Met up with them at like two o'clock in the day. And then we were out again till like one or two that morning. And it, it was like, if you double that up into St. Patrick's Day, it was a lot of fun. But um, <clears throat> yeah, St. Patrick's Day in Dublin can be a bit intense. I would certainly yeah. say, especially if you're a tourist, go for it because you're going to be in your element. But uh, yeah, if it, it's, I suppose it's like anywhere you go, if you're from that place and that thing's happening every year, you probably get a little bit like uh, of it. But if you're a tourist and you're, you're there for a few days, by all means, get stuck in. Hammer That's what down. I yeah. yeah. Hey, so I guess, I guess the question or the, I should have maybe framed it in instead of how to celebrate St. Patrick's like a local, it should have been how to celebrate St. Patrick's like a tourist, right? <laughs> That's why, that's why, because I was like, like a local, you mean just like stay at home? <laughs> but like a lot of the time people have, uh, people have parties and stuff in their house or whatever for St. Patrick's Day. Or like, okay. oh, you're coming over to mine for St. Patrick's Day and you'll all go to one place. But yeah, or they might go in, people, like I said, people might go in for the parade. And then once it hits a certain time, they're like, come on, we'll all go back to such and such's for, for the night. And that's, that's more how people do it. Or they'll go to their local. That's another thing you could try, I suppose. Try and go out a little bit outside of Dublin and find like a nice local pub that you can go to for St. Patrick's Day because it will be full of locals and they'll be really yeah. friendly, especially after they've had a few. And you'll enjoy that more than you would being in like a packed city where it could probably take you like an hour to get up to the bar in certain places, especially right in the middle. And it's just chaotic. That is fun. Like that is fun. But that's fun when you're like 20, when you're yeah. like in your 30s. It's like. Can't do this. Past that, you're just, just you're tired. Done, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I gotta pay ten euros uh, for a pint. What? Yeah, no, forget that. Buy like a six pack and sneak into someone's house. There you go. <laughs> so listen, I've I've got to ask you an age old question. That mm-hmm. maybe once I went to Ireland or before I went to Ireland, I was like, oh yeah, like I know the answer to that. And after I went or after I'd been to Ireland and, and seen, you know how you guys interact in the bars and stuff like that. Do Irish people like Guinness? Do Irish people like Guinness? That's actually, do you know what? That sounds like a stupid question, but it's actually not. Because <laughs> depends where you go. There's parts of Ireland where it's like super popular. And then like certainly like more the south kind of west, the southern part and the west, they're not really big into Guinness. It's more a uh, beamish. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No. It's like, it looks the exact same, but it tastes like shit. No, I'm joking. But it, it's just, I prefer Guinness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, will you have a Guinness? Like, oh, I love Guinness. Yeah, I'll drink Guinness. Like, I won't have it all night because it's very heavy. Uh, sometimes I will, but I end up regretting it because it just the makes me feel like, yeah, the next day. Yeah. I won't get into details, but you've n- yeah. you know you've had it. That's all I'll say. But uh, yeah. I do know I love it, but it is very heavy, especially if you're planning like a big night out where you're going to be out to like two, three in the morning. You're not just going out for a couple. Then it's maybe not a Guinness night. But if you're going to the pub and you want to have a few drinks, yeah. be social and then get home by like midnight and you're not thinking of going for a crazy one. Guinness is a really good one to have because it is quite filling and i love it and actually uh my, my girlfriend loves it now but she used to hate it when we met so i kind of just brought that on her slowly but surely and now she actually really likes it especially yeah, do you like do you like the, uh, the 
the stew, the Irish stew with a bit of Guinness. Uh, see, t- uh, see, it tastes yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, you like it. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It's uh, it's very homely. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, people do. But that's actually a really good question because, yeah, there's lots of people who's like, Guinness, what are you from Dublin? Like that type of thing. <laughs> it's like, you know. Well, I just thought of it because I was like, every Irish person, I, I didn't know if you liked it or not, but every other Irish person that I knew were always like, oh, uh, Guinness, that's shit. Like, ugh. I was like, what? What was these age groups you were hanging around with, though, that were uh, saying this? 40 plus. Ah, fuck. Okay. Yeah. That, there goes my theory. Uh, because, <laughs> honestly, like, my sister, who's only, like, I think she was she 23, 24, and her boyfriend, who's around the same age, used to hate it uh, and would, like, make it known that they hated it. But then, you know, only in the last couple of years, they started really liking it. And I'm like, see? See, it is good. It is a bit of an acquired taste. Unless you're it into, is. like, kind of uh, sour, bitter kind of flavors. It, it, I think it tastes really like coffee, and I love coffee. Mm. So It's similar, yeah. That's kind of... Yeah, it's got a similar thing. To, if you're not into... If you hate coffee, you're probably not going to like Guinness. So yeah. that's what I think. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a unique drink. And I do think that, listen, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. I don't want to get the the, phone, the the tin hat out. But I do think that Guinness keeps the best, or Ireland keeps the best Guinness for themselves because it doesn't taste the same over here. Yeah, well, they always say it doesn't travel well. So the further it goes, the shitter it's going to taste. Yeah. Um, also, if it's not from draft, like, do you guys, if you were getting it, would you, if you're going to, I'm going to get a Guinness tonight, would you mean I'm going to get a draft? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I did that. You know what a draft is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or are you thinking I'm going to get a bottle of Guinness from a fridge in a, in a I've had store? both. If I want a Guinness, I'll go to the pub to get one okay. because it's not the same. You get that, you know what I mean? You get that can and then you have that weird ball inside. You're like, what's, why is it, mm. why is there a ball in, in there? I don't even know. The Guinness here isn't too bad because, like I said, it is quite close, but they're obsessed with every, nearly every Guinness top I see is like Guinness extra cold. It's like a special version they have. And I'm like, why? Are you, I, I don't want it to be. I, Maybe it's a thing of people are more likely to drink it if it's really, really cold because they can't taste it as much, which is like, then you just don't like it. Just leave it alone. Let it just be whatever temperature it needs to be. It's just a weird thing. Gonna make yeah. it really, like, uncomfortable. There's, there's cold. some beers like Coors Light that I'm like, okay, yeah, I understand why you guys, you know, pride yourselves on, you know what I mean? Like, they have, like, I don't know if it's the same in, in Ireland or in, in, in the UK, but, like, they have, like, cans that at a certain temperature turn blue. So, the, oh, you know what I mean? So, yeah. the, the cold is part of their. It's part of their brand, right? Like cold, like the mountains. Well, I heard a whole thing that like the the whole point of like trying to chill beers really, really cold is a way of getting around the fact that a lot of those beers are really cheap and shittily made. And when you have a beer that's because you know when a beer goes like not even warm but just not cold anymore, and suddenly it's like, oh, that is one of the worst things I've ever drank. Then it's probably not good to begin with. Shots. <laughs> like, you have to have it freezing cold. Shots fired at Coors Light. Their company Fuck might them. fold now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop. Plummets. <laughs> People start trying it like with without the, the, the mountains being blue, just like, oh, I mean, it must taste like shit. I, I've never tried it, but yeah. Or never tried it uh, warm. Well, I, I think I've had it because a lot of the beers that I'm, I'm used to getting, they're not usually on tap over here. So it's like, uh, I recognize that one. I'll have that one. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I have had it. But yeah, it has to be freezing cold. And that's that's the sign of a shitty beer. So there you go. <laughs> David, uh, I got one last question before we get into the top five best stand-up comedians. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to wait actually till we, you know, we had a couple beers to, to talk about this one because it, it might be close to your heart. I don't know. Will there ever be a unified Ireland? <laughs> yes. 
one unified unified <laughs> one united <laughs> Ireland under British rule. And uh, no, that's a oh, Jimmy Carr joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's a diversion. The Queen died. We're fucking invading. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, oh, I don't know. Do you know what? It's it, they say it's closer than ever to happening right now because Brexit. So yeah. Britain's no par- longer part of the EU, which a lot of people aren't happy about. Scotland had an independence vote not long ago. Now it got it went they went with Remain as part of the UK, but it was really really close, and they want to get another one. Mm. Um, which it, you know, so if, I mean, if Scotland's gonna leave, but then again, Northern eh, I don't think Northern Ireland's a big enough country to leave and be its own country. It's tiny, like it's it's you know. It's, yeah, Ireland is tiny to begin with, so it's a piece of it. So it's like really tiny. So I think they'd have to stay. But um, yeah, eh, give it, give it another ten years or so, twenty years. Give it if it's not happened in twenty years, I don't think it'll happen. How about okay. that? We'll meet back here in twenty forty two, and if I was wrong, I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> buy me Guinness. Okay, yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> That's very Irish. It's like, is there a, is there a United Ireland yet? No, you owe me Guinness. Uh, yeah, that's I like that Irish all round. Yeah, that's a let's, very political question it. on this show. To be honest with you, I know, I know, <laughs> I, but I just thought of it. I, I remember. I, I, I mean, some, sometimes I come up with just questions on the go, man. Like I, I didn't plan on asking you that. I just I remember seeing a video of a guy saying that he thought that it potentially could be and. Yeah, I guess time will tell. Twenty forty two, big year. Do you know uh, Jimmy Carr, the comedian? Yeah, with he, he guy with the suit saying he um yeah he's actually Irish. He was I think either his parents oh, are Irish is. or he was actually like born in Irish in Irish in Ireland. It's been a long day, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying the wrong thing. It's not from the very light beer I'm drinking. It's from uh, just being tired. But um, yeah, yeah. He did a gig in Dublin and his friend dared him to tell this joke, which was, um, you know, him. he'd say basically, I'm Irish. I know I don't sound it or look it, but, uh, you know, this is what you can do when you apply yourself. Uh, and then he goes, but no, honestly, I believe there will one day be a united Ireland. And everyone claps. And he goes, yes, one united Ireland under British rule. And he did that in Dublin. <laughs> I was like, that was... Uh, that's a ballsy move, man. I like it. Obviously, they knew oh. he was, you know, they knew he was only messing, so it was all good. That's that's hilarious. It's like uh, I don't know if you've heard of Jim Jeffries. Oh, uh, yeah, an yeah. Australian comedian. Uh, I went to go see him in a in a one of his shows, and his tour name was Amira Dumb, and the oh, yeah, logo yeah. of the tour was a bald eagle with a helmet on to signify that it's not very uh, smart. And then yeah, yeah. basically went on about like gun violence, Trump, and he did this. His tour dates were in the south of the U.S. Oh, yeah. Oh man. So I think I see like a, a video of him doing that tour, and it was after he got really big because of a rant he did on a show about gun violence and gun laws in America and yada yada. And he's telling some other joke, and it's, as most of his stuff is, highly offensive. But yes. he's like, I can tell the people who came who only heard about me from the gun violence bit and don't know all my other material because they are shocked right now. Because, <laughs> like, he's, he's like, he could be politically left-leaning and then at the same time say some of the most horrible shit you've ever heard and people don't know where to, like, put him. They don't know where to, like, slot him in. He's like, they can't, oh, they can't pinpoint him. No, yeah. It's great. It's good. At a, like, it's great in a way because it just fucks with everyone. Exactly. So I guess on that subject, should we get into it? I guess as the I first pick should. as always. Okay, right. So number one, I was actually a little bit 
unsure if I should put this comedian in the top five. Um, oh, shit. Purely because of, uh, like, a relatively recent fall from grace. And I was like, oh, maybe oh, just leave him I out know. for the sake of... <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, I know where you're going. I was like, maybe just leave him out for the sake of keeping it light. But then I was like, you know what? I'd be just totally dishonest if I did because it's... If it, I definitely was usually inspired by his comedy, maybe wouldn't have done stand up if it wasn't for him. So he has to be on the list, regardless of his personal life. <laughs> With uh, number five, Louis C.K. Oh wow! Did you know I was going to say him? No, I, oh, I, I, that's what I thought you were going to say. But I guess I got to take my pen now right. and cross out a name. Ah, damn. All right. I, I'm actually even happier I included him now because if you had a set him and I didn't, and I was like, David, you know he would make your list. The only reason you're not saying it is because you don't want to cause shit. <laughs> so, and then if you said it, I would have been like, damn, you pussy. Why didn't you just say it? Um, yeah. yeah. L- listen, it, it, the top, th- this top five here, you got to really go for the guys you believe in or the, the, the people yeah. that you believe in because if you don't, you never know who, who the other person's going to pick, right? True. Yeah. So you have to just, like, anyway, number four, Bill Cosby. And uh, no, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I got I to gotta, I gotta scratch another name. Yeah, I'll cross it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's fucked. Yeah. Uh, so, so you listen, you, you next? Yeah. So I got the next two picks because it's like snake draft, right? So my number one, I'm going with the, listen, I, I, I think he's the current GOAT. Uh, Dave Chappelle. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. I, p- potentially even more controversial than my pick, my first pick. Why? Oh, because of his uh, the the last the special with he's the getting and all the, that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't see those specials. They're but, fucking um, good, man. Yeah, are they? Uh, I oh, honestly yeah. like I I was never like I was never a massive Dave Chappelle fan. It's like one of those things. I would like I mean love music, so you would assume I always loved the Beatles and knew all their shit because they're like the they like started music apparently. Yeah, but yeah. like until I was like twenty in my like early twenties, mid twenties, I didn't really listen to them. It was sort of a thing of look, I know they're really good and iconic. I'll get to them at some point. And that's what I'm kind of like with Dave Chappelle, where I'm like, I've got enough comedians I already like a lot before I go down that wormhole. And if I chose now to do it, I think it would look even worse. <laughs> it's like, he's been saying You just, just got to save face at this point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. But, like, my, right. my, favorite bit, my favorite bit he does is he talks about being... Uh, fuck. Uh, I'm blanking. Frenching. Frenching the fuck out. Uh, so he's... He's on a bus and he gets held. He's he's like, yeah, I'm on a bus in San Francisco. And then there's a guy who sticks up the bus and he's like, I don't want you to think that it's like dangerous or anything. Or sorry, I don't want to say that it's. Um, I don't want to ruin the bit here, but he's like, it's not like the guy had a gun. Too late. But it was it was a he was a homeless guy jerking off, <laughs> and he was just pacing the, the aisle. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Anyways, it, that's that's one of the, one of the best bits that, that I have. All right, so I'm going Dave Chappelle, and then okay. I'm going the I think he, so he's I think in my opinion he's the goat right now, and I think the overall goat is George Carlin. Yeah, he I did consider him for a while, but you know what it is? I haven't like he's great, obviously everyone knows that, but he's also yeah. like I don't know dead. Yeah, there is that. Uh, but it's I don't know. I think it's like. Comedy moves on so quick that at this stage, I'm like, that was great when it was great and I love it, but I'm still, it's not like something I look at and go, wow, I wish I could be like that or anything, or I aspire to 
take that. So it doesn't really influence me as much. So it's more like I'm going for stuff that I'm like, I can definitely tell this like really had a big impact on the way I think about comedy and stuff like that. But I do love like George Carlin. I always think of like, I should have like separate top fives for like loads of different categories. And he'd be in my top five of like oldie time comedians, which sounds terrible. But you know what I mean? Like from the the 70s. I disagree. I think a lot of his stuff is is still relevant to today. Like he's done a lot of stuff like on politics, on religion, and that stuff still hands mm-hmm. still stands today. Uh, seven words you can't say on TV, like the yeah, no, definitely. But I think I think like a lot of his messages and stuff definitely do, and that's why like people still love him and stuff. But I don't necessarily think all of his comedy holds up as much anymore. It's still great. It's just in comparison to the ones I like, I just know the ones that like had a much stronger influence on me comedically, but not necessarily the stuff that like his insight is like on another level. So yeah, his rants are unreal. Yeah, they're epic. So who's who's your number two? Um, number two, another bald redhead, Bill Burr. Ah, oh, fuck. Yes, I knew it. Those were the two. I was like, there's two on my list. There's a good chance you might have them. We're day to two. That's their two so far. Fuck. No, listen, I'm quite happy Bill with that. is man. Like I was, I was like, I don't know if he's gonna go classic and take George Carlin. And I was like, mm. Bill Burr was literally. I it was he was him for for second. Bilber. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like, I, actually, speaking of Irish stories, he played Ireland, I think it was 2012, and I saw him, and it was only, it was a mid-sized venue, so it was like a 1200 theatre, it wasn't huge, but it wasn't like a little small club or anything, and it, he did this rant near the end when he was talking about giving out free CDs of his um, stand-up. And someone shouted something at him and he just went off. It's like, you could, it's on YouTube. You should check it out. It's just called, just put Bill Burr and it's like miserable Irish people. <laughs> He's just ranting on stage. It's like, you miserable fucks. I'm trying to give you something <laughs> free. And, <you're> fucking, <laughs> and it's all the jest, but it's, man, it's so funny. It's, it's were, were you at that I'm, show? Yeah, I was at it. It was, it was, it was like, I was very, very glad I went. I got like a shitty seat right at the back in the little like aisle they have up the top standing uh like with my arms over a railing but it was it was worth standing for it was so good man he i i've seen him too in uh it was the so he was doing like a canada tour and mm. it was his first show in moncton new brunswick he fucking bombed dude yeah he fucking bombed what really yeah it wasn't Wait, what like what year was it oh man this would have been 2014 something like that Wow, I'm really surprised. Yeah, man, like, I was like, no, I, that's why I was like, what? I was like, no, I must have misheard like, that. Like, he couldn't have bombed. <laughs> he was like a five. Like, I wanted him to be a 12 out of 10, you know? And he was kind of mm. like a five. But it was his first show on, like, he had been, you know, ended a tour. And then this was his first show back from a break. So, I mean, he was still trying jokes out. Like, you know what I mean? So, I think he was doing a lot smaller places in Canada, theaters, that stuff, that type of thing. So, I think maybe that's why he didn't, you know... Mm. A lot of comedians do that to try out new stuff. Still go. We were we were part of the finished product. My okay. So who was it? Bobby the Bilber, uh, Patrice O'Neill. Oh. Do you know Patrice O'Neill? Are you serious? Oh yeah. Is he in yours? No, I I know Patrice O'Neill. <laughs> Jesus That's Christ! Brilliant. I was like, I was like, I definitely, I could see him having Lucy K. I could. I Bill Burr. I was pretty sure he'd have that on his list. Then Patrice. I, I, I didn't like, have maybe Patrice. Not, he's been dead for quite a while. But I'd say that the. Th- Three comedians that we've, or the four comedians, three three of the comedians that we've mentioned would say that Patrice is one of the best comedians of all time, or not their, if not their favorite comedian. 
That is actually very true. I was thinking, oh man, my list is getting very like sort of New York centric. I know Bill's from Boston, but he kind of cut his teeth in New York. So, yeah. but that's nothing wrong with that. I mean, New York is kind of the, the capital of comedy really in the world. So um, yeah, just his special uh, elephant in the room is just, it's just so good. So funny. We were actually, me and my girlfriend were watching, it's like a murder mystery thing. And it was about a, uh, is it Natalie Holloway? Um, and she went missing and it, 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 there's this whole story about it. And I'm sitting there going, how do I know that name, Natalie Holloway? And it's because in Patrice's bit, he's doing this bit about how, like, you know how white you are. You can base it off of how long the cops will look for you if you go missing. And then he starts talking about Natalie Holloway <laughs> going missing. And he's just like, they were like so upset when she went missing. They were like, you know, they wrote songs, Natalie Holloway. Like, so I was like, how do I know that name? And I was like, oh my God, that's Natalie Holloway that she's talking about in this murder thing. And I was like, gotta check this. Like, I, I was like, I told my girlfriend, when this is over, remind me to show you something. And I showed her that. <laughs> so uh, You know what? I love Patrice O'Neill's jokes, but I prefer when Amy Schumer tells them. <laughs> And that's why number four. <laughs> so for those who don't know, um, yeah, yeah. Amy Schumer was caught red fucking handed, literally word for word, stealing jokes from Patrice O'Neill. Check it out on YouTube. Multiple times. I used to it? like Amy Schumer and she fucking just word for word. Sorry, what'd you say? Multiple times, wasn't it? It was. Yes. Like, yeah. So it was like, it wasn't just like a one-off occur- occurrence that you could kind of go, ah, these things happen. It was like many, many times. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, listen, I, I really liked Amy Schumer from, you know, like her uh, roast days. You know, those were like, like, man, they were fucking epic jokes. They probably were somebody else's jokes, but I mean, they were great. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah so um, it's, it's I have a friend. Like I have a comedian friend who he he does a pod did a podcast so don't worry it's it's off the air it's I'm not I'm not plugging it uh but he did this thing it was called joke insurance and he had comedians on and they'd watch two comedians bits and one that was like earlier than the other and they'd try and decide between them if they think it was stolen or it was just like a, you know that it was yeah that was the a crux of it and yeah she fe- she featured heavily on the show is is my point but uh yeah she has some uh, bad cases of. Let's just call it stealing. <laughs> yeah. 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 So listen, my my third pick here, I'm going with, I'm looking at my list here. I got a list because, I, you know, you got to prepare for these things. But I'm like, <laughs> which, do any of the picks that I have left, because you did steal at least one of these, have the chance to be stolen from David on his next pick? I highly doubt it. Okay. Okay. Then, all right. So I talked about him earlier. I'm going Jim Jeffries. He's an Australian comedian. Jim, man, the guy doesn't give a fuck. Like, (laughs) that's what I love the most about him. The guy literally will be in the United States, like I was saying earlier, in the South, saying how stupid people are with guns. He's like, you know, talking about like how Australians had one huge... like there was there was a, a massive sh- uh, shooting and then the government banned all guns and then they've never had another shooting since then and people anyways it's he's literally had a guy in in England while he was performing come up on stage and punch him in the head that was an Irish guy as well it was an Irish guy was that your was that your cousin <laughs> uh, probably <laughs> we're all related so probably um but yeah 
Yeah, I heard. I see that. That that was some funny shit, man. Uh, yeah, he's great. I am. Um, he had that. He had like some of his specials are brilliant, but he had that story he told about bringing his friend, his friend who had what you call it. It's uh, multiple sclerosis. I think I'm fairly certain it was, and it, taking him to a, a brothel in Australia because he was a virgin and he was, you know, he was. He this was is dying wish to get laid. Yeah, 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 and that is one of it's like the most heartfelt fu- but funny bits ever because it's very hard to do that. A lot of comedians do like either they're going to be just like break your heart and like it's like but it's meant to be funny. Where's the funny? Uh, or just funny, but if someone can weave those two well, that's really hard to do. And he did that beautifully in that bit. So I'm this is even my pick, and I'm I'm waxing lyrical. <laughs> Go fucking find that clip, Jim Jeffries, and I, th- I think it's called like uh, brings friend to prostitute or something like that. Anyways, so amazing good, bit, amazing yeah. bit. Yeah, so good. Uh, number four for me is a guy who is on the same wavelength, I think, is Jim Jeffries of just not giving a fuck. I think where he differs from Jim Jeffries is that no one is off limits. Like, literally no one is off limits. He will just, he's relentless at every single race, sex, gender, doesn't matter. You are on the hit list and this guy is going to make some funny about it. It's Andrew Schultz. Oh, Andrew Schultz. Yeah, he's good, man. He's uh, he's like relatively new. He is, yeah. I know he's been doing comedy years, but he's like hitting like he's peaking certainly in terms of popularity recently yeah i've been i've seen a lot of his stuff he, he's he is good yeah he doesn't give a fuck man he does, he does not, not give a fuck he's gonna fuck. say some fucked up shit and then laugh in your face about it. like he's yeah anyways, he's love great him. with crowd work as well and just oh my riffing God. and like he'll just he's so good at it it's uh it's I'm not good at crowd work. I nearly never do crowd work. I'm just not, it's just not my thing. And I envy people that are that good at crowd work because he's amazing. He's just so quick. Mm, he's just, and he's, he's just practice. Yeah. He just, but he, it's obviously, he probably has a natural talent for it as well, but it's just practice it. And he's just so good. He's just a chirpy guy. Like it's, anyways, so good. Yeah. Right. Um, so this is one I was fairly certain you wouldn't have, but it's an Irish comedian. It's uh, Dylan Moran. Have you ever heard of him? Nope, but I'm writing him down right now. Okay. He is, um, he's like really good. At, I actually had a conversation with another comedian after a show about him fairly recently, like maybe a month ago. And we were talking about how when we were younger and we were starting comedy, like we tried to emulate him a little bit in, really? in the sense of he, he's really good at saying things that sound really random, um, like and crazy and wild. But he's obviously he's thought it out really well. And there's a reason he's saying each part of it. But to a young impressionable want to be want to be comic, you just think, oh, that's all you have to do. Just say random funny shit. So then if you do that and get on stage, you just make an asshole out of yourself. But he's like the master of doing that really well. And just some of the stuff he says is just so apt and brilliant. And even there's one one or two things that stick in my head that aren't like super, super funny, but just the way he describes things or explains things. Like he was talking about kids nowadays staying inside. And this isn't even the joke. This just makes me laugh for some reason more than the actual joke itself. Talking about kids staying inside, playing on their devices and not going out and stuff like that. And he goes, when I was younger, my parents would put me out the door and I wasn't allowed to come home until there were bats. And I don't know why I find that a funny way to this until there were bats. I just, I don't know. Every time I, I, I think of that, it's just like, it really makes me laugh and I don't know why, but he's just brilliant at that. And he's amazing and you should check him out. He's very, very good. I'll send you. Yeah, a I, I, I wrote down his name. I, I'm, I'm excited to check this out. This guy out now. 
Uh, so my number one, I actually this like so I wasn't thinking this in any particular order, but I wanted to drop in one comedian who's not necessarily like he's certainly not a goat, not yet anyway. But he's like again, kind of like Andrew Schultz in the sense of he's a newish guy. He's been doing it for again many years, but he's starting to kind of pop off in the last maybe two three years. And I just really like him, and I think he's just going to keep getting better. So I'm I'm saying this now so I can look like I'm ahead of the curve later, but um. Uh, what's his name? Mark Normand. Did you ever hear of Mark? Yeah, Norman? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. you were scribbling him out on your list. I was like, God, damn no, it. <laughs> no, 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 I, no. He wasn't on my list, but he's he's really good. He's really good. I just like his. He's like really good with analogies and stuff, and he, he's just he's more of a joke guy, and I like that as well. I like stories, but I like people who can sprinkle in jokes too. He's more on the joke side, but I just think he's really good. And then even his interviews and stuff, he has a really funny interview on like a morning TV show where he's just making the host laugh, but also making her so uncomfortable because she's like doesn't want him. She's like wanting them to stop talking because he's just like saying things and you can tell he's not doing it on purpose. He just he's that clueless about what is socially acceptable to say and what isn't. And he's just going <laughs> off. And it's yeah, because he's, so he's like a bit awkward, right? He like talks about that, right? Yeah, he's very socially awkward and he has no he just he's like, I'm never sure if what I'm about to say is just fine and it's funny. Or it's like totally inappropriate, and I'm like, yeah, I, I can tell. <laughs> he's uh, but he's he's brilliant. I love him. I uh, I've seen him once. I actually went to see. Do you know Bert Kreischer? Yeah. So I went to see Bert Kreischer in Dublin just because I knew nice. Mark Norman was opening, and then Mark Norman did 15 minutes of material I'd already heard, but it was still worth it uh, I'll, 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 to go and see him. But yeah, uh, that's how much I like him. I was willing to pay for a ticket, expensive ticket, to see him do 15 materi- minutes of material I'd already seen. So that'll show Plus, you. And I, like I said, hopefully one day he is a goat. So we'll see. Yeah, and I mean probably another 15 minutes or 20 minutes was another bit that you probably already heard from Bert Kreischer, the machine. That is true, yeah. I, did I he, really, does, does he always yeah. finish his concert with that? Or is it his shows? He did when I saw him last, and that couldn't have been that long. Well, it was before COVID, but no one was touring then. But I am hoping he stops it because it's getting, it's like, dude, just drop it. Like, it's it's hilarious. It's a great bit. It's a great story. But it's a weird thing to me for a comedian to get up on a stage to tell a story that everyone's already heard dozens of times. It's like, isn't that the whole point? Like, when you go see a comedian, they're going to do new material. Anyway. Yeah, and and he's great. I, I I actually was obviously I stayed for him. I I didn't like just go <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah, I got what I came for. Um, but no, he was like a lot better than I was expecting. Just his stand up, he was really really good. So he he's a great comedian nice. too. But yeah, I wish he would drop that bit. Fuck, I should try to get him on the pub to come say the the machine bit. Talk about Russia, how great it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Get him saying that now. Get him arrested. <laughs> like he gets like. He's like, he's gone missing, and he's just he, last seen thrown in the back of a van by some men in black suits, and he's never seen again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, my last one here. Fuck, this was this was tougher. I don't know if you noticed, but like while you were just saying your last two answers, I was literally like, fuck, best comedians, because I had a reserve of some guys, and you took both of them. So I think I got to go Ricky Gervais. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you... But, see, I, I I love The Office, yeah. but stand-up, not that much. I, I think it's his like, stand-up is savage. 
Yeah, no, I seen him once in, I think it was 2007, or around there, 2008, I think it was the science tour, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, his, um, his stand-up, I, I think I found it funnier when I was younger, and I don't know, it doesn't hold up that well for me, but, like, The Office is probably my favourite sitcom ever, it's, certainly it's pretty, top five, it's pretty if we had done that, it would have been in there, it's amazing, it's yeah. really, really good, but I think him and Steve Merchant work really well together, but I'm not so sure about, I'm not so sure about either of them on their own, they kind of, An Idiot Abroad, something's, like, something's that was good too. Okay, yeah, 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 well, that's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so you a fan then, so you like your stand-up. What about yeah, I, I'm a fan of... Some of his movies, man, are not great. You have to no. give me that. No, not, no, you not like his movies too? Movies. No. Oh, you're not a big fan? Okay, all right, okay. All right, no. okay. No, so I was, Star- listen, I, I don't know. Listen, I was wrestling between him and Chris Rock, but I, I think I got to go Ricky Gervais. Ah, I would have gone Chris Rock there, definitely. For stand-up comedians, I would have gone Chris Rock. I think he would have gone Chris Rock, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, and Chris I, I, Rock probably would have gone Chris Rock, if I'm honest. So Yeah, like, he, like I, I remember downloading his show Bigger and Blacker, I don't know, it was maybe in grade seven great something like that it was on limewire that's that's how how long ago it was and that stuff was like brilliant like you know what mm. i mean dropping the how to stop gun crimes dropping the price of bullets like it was so funny oh yeah you make them like yeah yeah five thousand like dollars really man they put like fifty thousand dollars worth of bullets in his ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. you'd really have to hate the guy to spend that much money yeah 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 that's, but no uh, listen i I, nice. I i i the reason i didn't pick him is because he hasn't done anything relevant recently so i feel like he was a stand-up comedian but now he's more a uh, guy who gets slapped on stage so i went with gervais and oh. i stand by it <laughs> it's like i can't respect a man who eats a slap like that how am i supposed to put him on my list <laughs> <laughs> i didn't want to tarnish the list so yeah so listen, let's let's do uh, let's do just an update here. So for Team One, you have Dave Chappelle, George Carlin, Jim Jeffries, Andrew Schultz, and Ricky Gervais. For Team Two, we have Louis C.K., Bill Burr, Patrice O'Neill, Dylan Morn, and Mark Norman. Mark Norman's big on TikTok, I think. Right? I don't know because I'm not on TikTok, but his shorts do pretty well as well uh, on YouTube, and he has a few. He has a few. Like he, yeah, like his special has like three, has like three, four, five million views now at this point on YouTube, and he's got some very viral videos. So I think he does pretty well. Um, yeah. So does Andrew Schultz, though. So yeah, yeah. He actually bought his special back from Netflix and then released it himself. Yeah, that was a good move, man. But yeah, uh, I mean, it's risky, but I, mean, I guess he knows it's good. So yeah. But anyways, David, listen, thanks a lot for coming on, buddy. This was fucking, this was awesome. This was fun. I feel like we do a lot of, uh, you know, we're on the phone, we're texting all the time, but we never really take the time to have a beer and chat a bit, you know? So this was, this was awesome. Yeah, exactly. Listen, yeah, it was great. David, David, there's, there's maybe some people listening right now that are like, fuck, my podcast quality sucks, dude. I need someone to come and help me out. Where can those people find you? Well, you can get me on strutsoundproduction at gmail.com if you want to just get me on email. Uh, I have a Facebook. That'll be live in a few days, actually. Um, But yeah, get me on the Gmail. That's probably the easiest way to just get me uh, if you want to get in touch. I'm on Upwork. I'm on Fiverr. You can search my name. You can find me there. It's David Strutt. Very unusual surname, especially for an Irish man. But S-T-R-U-T-T. You'll find me. Uh, LinkedIn as well. You can get me there. So Nice. It's good. Listen, man, this was awesome. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you on back again at another point, and we'll uh, we'll yeah. do another great top five. I think this this was really fun. Yeah, sweet, yeah, it was good. It was a good one. All right, buddy.
We'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you for listening to Two Beers Till Takeoff. Do you want free additional content or just to stay connected with the show? Then give us a follow on our social media platform. That means TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. Are you in need of podcast production services, video editing, or anything in between? Then look no further than Strut Sound Productions, the official producer of the Two Beers Till Takeoff podcast. Music produced by Alex Gagne. Check out his work in our show notes. Voiceover done by Viking Leo K. See you next week on Two Beers Till Takeoff. Thank you.